Good afternoon, my unknown friends. You are listening to the Sunday podcast with Greg Reese. It is May 22nd, 2022. And uh, I am sharing today's podcast with everyone. I think it's an interesting subject with Davos happening starting today and as well as uh, the World Health Organization's thing in Switzerland and the United Nations thing in Indonesia. I'm calling today's show God, the Devil, Meta, and UFOs. (laughs) Pretty much covers it. It's a simple subject, but um, it requires, I think, a little bit of background to kind of get get it across. I think it's an interesting subject. Uh, A lot of today's podcast, I think I would like to see in a report in the near future. Uh, Spoiler alert, so this will be like our version of a five-minute video. And also a bit of rambling and ranting, I guess. Before we get started, I will say um, thank you for joining me. Thank you to my paid subscribers. Thank you for your support. I hope all of you, all of you listening, I hope you're doing well. I hope that uh, all things considered, you have your own things to be grateful for today. I saw some great comments on this video I sent out last night uh, that I just discovered uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, Albert King playing together. I never heard that before, never saw that before, and I loved it. And I, I saw a lot of you, a lot of great comments, a lot of people really enjoyed it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, that's kind of my joy. Um, every night I get my guitar and I practice up on my licks, and occasionally I'll, once a week maybe, I'll put on some backing tracks to play along to and play the blues. Been doing it since I was a kid, and I, uh, I'm sure I was learning Albert King licks around the same time that Stevie Ray Vaughan was learning Albert King licks. You know, we do have that in common. I cannot. Uh, no one can touch Stevie Ray though. So it's up to you who number one and number two is from last night's post. That's and that's up for a whole discussion, honestly. As far as I'm concerned, but uh, I might have my opinions, but I have counter arguments to that opinion. Anyways, what else? What else before we get on? Uh, oh, one more thing. Just a little thing here. If, uh, if any of you live in Florida, uh, specifically, ideally, southern Florida, and have a cool neighborhood, you know, of like cool, reasonable people rather than sheep, then let me know. I just, you know, put a vague uh, city or locale. I'm trying to find... I think Naples is a little too expensive for me. I love it here, though, but um, but I am looking around for my next move. I'm trying to dial in a, a cool, down-to-earth neighborhood. As sheep-free as possible. And I know, I know that's impossible. I know there's we have a mix everywhere in the world. But uh, you know what I'm saying. Neighborhoods are going to be the most important thing, I think. You know, they are meeting uh, the the... Ground, the uh, physical materialist um, department of the New World Order, the part that deals with the human population, 
you know, they are all making their final plans this week. I, the reason I say final, I, a few of the comments I read in the recent video were saying this isn't their final attack. They're going to keep attacking. Yeah, yes. Well, I agree. But what I would argue is if they want to win, if they really want victory, then, I mean, it's coming this year. You know, it's coming this summer, this fall. It's not certainly going to be the, end, the last final attack, but it's going to be where we lose. That's my point. You could argue that we already lost. I think we've lost. I think America has lost its role as a superpower. And that's not necessarily anything to cry about. But we haven't lost our Constitution yet. We haven't lost our Bill of Rights yet. We haven't lost our freedoms yet, officially. And uh, that's the point I'm trying to make, is if they want to win, they're going to have to hit... They're going to have to hit a final blow the next time because um, I don't know. But we're, that's what we're, we'll be talking about. So it's obvious if you look over like their discussions, public rosters of what they're talking about, what, you know, they're, they're, it's all about more vaccines. It's all about repeating the same cycle that we just went through simulations to prepare and then some type of agent is released followed by more vaccines lockdowns passports vaccine you know same thing no surprises and you could argue how well it worked i don't think it worked as well as they would have liked obviously but uh what are they really trying to do? I would argue they're not, this is not all about depopulation. Because if it was, I mean, these people are not stupid. And if they really want, if they, if it really was all about depopulation, they could have. Unless this is sort of the um, time release vaccine that some people say it is, but others say it isn't. Others say it's. If people kept getting it over and over again, then yes. But if they were to stop and start cleansing their body, then they could, you know, get over it. We don't know that yet. Maybe it is. Maybe it is this time release depopulation. Maybe that is what it's all about. But there's an interesting, once again, I'll refer to the dark journalist on YouTube. If you're interested in the subject today, you can find plenty of this on his YouTube. And the subject is mostly Rudolf, the work of Rudolf Steiner. Who is Rudolf Steiner? Rudolf Steiner, I'm a big fan of. Rudolf Steiner, you could describe as an esoteric Christian, <laughs> I guess. But I think a, best, a really good way to describe him, I think, is he's sort of a whistleblower from... The mystery schools. What are the mystery schools? The mystery schools are the, you know, for lack of a better word, it's the Illuminati. It's the, it's the, um, the knowledge of what we can't see. Like we live in a world right now, a very materialist world. 
where it's pretty much if you accept the science, <laughs> which is basically the mainstream narrative, then you will believe that it, in materialism, you know, if you can't measure it, it's not real. And if it's like spiritual stuff, then it's pseudoscience. But that's a recent phenomenon, really the past hundred years. For most of time, it's, it was understood that the ether, the spirit world, whatever you want to call it, the astral, the multi-dimensions, it was kept hidden, and you can argue why that is. Some people will say, well, there's a bunch of different reasons why it was kept hidden. I think it's fairly obvious why it was kept hidden. It's the same reason why we're lied to. It's the same reason why anything else is kept hidden from us for control purposes. You say knowledge is power, and that's only part of it. Knowledge is, if you really want to see how knowledge is power in the sense of like power and control, hidden knowledge is power. Same way as like uh, alternative energy devices that are far beyond solar or electric or battery or anything like this are kept hidden for reasons of power and control. It's a very sort of gross physical example. And now we're getting into a spiritual example of why these things are kept hidden. I think one thing for certain that we can, that most people I think would agree on is that the idea that we are a spirit having an experience in a human body is something that is well, you know, for millennia has been uh, well accepted and understood in the mystery schools and in the private circles of spiritual knowledge, even within the church and, and pretty much within every religion, I think would agree with that. And yet it is sort of, up for debate in today's modern society, officially. And then some, you know, the other problem that, uh, that we're dealing with is uh, what is it? Um, confirmation bias, I think is the official term. When you believe something you you deeply believe it like you then believe there you, you know you become very closed minded especially with religion because you will have a religious experience based on any belief if you if you practice certain practices you will go, you're going to have a spiritual experience and it's only normal because they're so powerful that a person um will often just create this very specific reality it, it, they might even be misreading certain things but it doesn't matter it, it's such a profound experience that it becomes concrete reality and anyone who says who describes some type of reality that's different from that immediately they decide that person is confused or worse sometimes evil you know confirmation bias when it comes to so it's one of the reasons why um One of the reasons I don't talk too much or I don't like to talk too much about my own personal relationship with God because it's no one's business. 
You know, it's between me and God and the last thing. And I know it's going to, if I were to talk more about that, I know it's going to be contrary to, because every, every, we're all, everyone, the thing is, we'll find little tribes that we tell ourselves we all feel the same way, but you don't. That's just a lie that you tell yourself so that you can have a clan or a gang or a group. And I, I think it's great. I miss having a clan around in my neighborhood. I wouldn't mind having a, a group and a clan. And, I, and I'll, I'll play the game that we all do of, of agreeing that we all, we all basically feel the same way about these things and everything like that. But it's not true. If you were to really dig deep into it, you're going to find that everyone's eventually, eventually you're going to find a conflict. You know, we all have um, our opinions and they're all unique like fingerprints, although they might look similar. So that's just a sort of general thing to keep in mind. Because right now we're just discussing other people's beliefs and other people's philosophies and opinions when it comes to God and Christ and spirit. And more importantly, the, the, the specifics of what we're talking about today is allegedly what the deep state, the, the elitists believe the ones that I believe are really pulling the strings, like the, the Davos, the World Economic Forum group, and the United Nations group. Like I said, these are the ones dealing with a very physical issue, economic issue of population. That's what they're, that's what they're tasked with. The, um, the high priests of this new world order are into something else. They're not into, a, they're, they're not into the materialism. So what are they into? Well, I guess we'll get into that now. Rudolf Steiner, you could say he is a whistleblower of this secret society uh, from the Madame Blavatsky sort of uh, lineage of knowledge. She gets a bad rap, too, I think, and a lot of people would agree. Um, she also was a whistleblower, you could say, of the occult releasing information that's not supposed to be released into the public. And they both basically claimed the same reason for doing it, that, that they're, we're coming to a very critical time, and they were concerned that these mystery schools were being dominated by the, the evil, dark forces, rather than the Christ force. And they decided to start releasing this information into the public sphere in hopes that maybe enough people will wake up to what's going on and we can get through it in a good way. And it's rather interesting what Steiner was predicting or, or claiming that their plan is 100 years ago because it's pretty much exactly what we're seeing unfold today. So before we get into the specifics, I have to explain um, what Rudolf Steiner's map is of humanity as it relates to Christ on the cross. And this is an esoteric way of looking at it. What do I mean by that? It's a non-literal way of looking at it, which I think is crucial perspective being that the cross is a 
symbol, a very powerful symbol that that predates and transcends crucifixion. So point being is there are multiple, every, every powerful religion in spirituality is going to be multidimensional. That's what makes it, that's what makes, I mean, that's sort of the compelling aspect of them, right? The, um, and the cross is, is no different. So, Rudolf Steiner made a distinction between two types of evil, Lucifer and Ahriman. Ahriman is actually from Persia, Zoroastrian. I never, I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Zoroastrianism. It's sort of their, the devil of the Persian religion. And uh, it's interesting that I don't know if anyone knows exactly why Rudolf Steiner used the word Araman. It might be straight from the mystery schools. It could be because if you look at the history of Zoroastrianism in Persian, then it's, you know, it fits. But I think I heard uh, someone, I think it might have been Dark Journalist, who mentioned the, the, the similarities between the words America and Araman. And, and I do think... That, is, that might be one of the reasons why Steiner, because I think Steiner predicted it will happen in, in America. This is 100 years ago. The, the incarnation of Araman into an actual human being. Now, this is, this is, this is a head spinner, I think. So he said, uh, according to Steiner, Lucifer incarnated as a human 3,000 years before Christ in the third millennium BC in China according to Steiner is when Lucifer incarnated as a human being and with that incarnation came the Luciferic knowledge now, I think this is also, uh, this is very similar to, to me, I haven't heard this from Steiner, but to me, this reminds me of the serpent in the Garden of Eden, Besto uh, giving the knowledge to Eve, offering them the knowledge, and then Eve eats of the apple, and I've heard arguments that say that Lucifer and Satan are two different characters. That's a whole other subject. We're focusing on the Steiner stuff today. So I don't know if that's what Steiner is, is um, referring to, the snake in the Garden of Eden, but it makes sense. It fits the story, and I would imagine it is. Because according to Steiner, after the incarnation of Lucifer... And Lucifer, as we know, the, the word comes from Lux Bell which means beautiful light in Latin. And then it was later changed to Lucifer, ferocious light. But Lucifer was considered a beautiful, the number one angel. God's number one. God's best and brightest. 
And so Lucifer incarnates and wants to to be God and bestows people with this the light of knowledge, the light of Lucifer, which is also beauty and pleasure taken to extreme addictive levels. This is what, according to Steiner, this is what inspired all the ancient art that we see, the ancient um, hieroglyphs and all this incredible artwork that is full of knowledge, but not really directed in any way, like a trip, like an acid trip. That's reading about the way he describes Lucifer reminds me of an acid trip. When I was younger, I did a, a bit of acid. LSD. He describes the 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 luciferic impulse in man is associated with fantasy, visions, psychosis. This is where the occultists you know, play their magic, Harry Potter magic and stuff like that. That's all Luciferic knowledge. From my own life, at reading the Steiner work, I, I came, like I, I talk about a book I wrote, Sex, Drugs, and Ohm, and basically the book is about how, as a result of some SRA abuse as a child, satanic ritual abuse, for lack of a better word, um... I I turned into a pleasure hound, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was kind of my mantra at a young age and uh, pursued it pretty heavily until uh, in my, you know, late 20s, early 30s where I had a sort of a breakdown from that and then I had to heal and figure out what's going on and put my life together and stuff like that. But when I look back on it and I describe it very well in the book, I think exactly what Steiner is talking about as Luciferic, the Luciferic impulse or the Luciferic energy, whatever, which is, like I said, one of the best descriptions I can have is like an acid peak where you're, where you're just like an, an, a, like a, like an obsession with pleasure, beauty to the extreme, to a, a, to a level of addiction, obsession, where there is no, there is no directive or direction. There is no moral impulse involved. That's the important thing. There is no moral impulse involved at all. It's very, um, I'm trying to think of the character's name and I can't think of it. That character, I believe from Greece known for pleasure, self-satisfaction. And putting it that way, you can see this everywhere in America. But that is not, that's Lucifer. And then, the incarnation of Christ, 3,000 years later, bringing the, the answer to all this, really, 
which is uh, brotherly love. And that goes to yourself too, loving your, like, I mean, really, if we are a spirit experiencing life as a human, then this human body that I have right now talking to you, that's not me, that's my human, you know? Um, I was born into this human creature to, you know, for, to experience a life as a human. And, uh, and so the Christ love impulse teaches me to also love the human, right? Take care of the, to give it good food and to take care of it and to treat it as a, as a special loved brother as well as my neighbor. As well as everything, I would argue. You can get very Buddhist when it comes to Christ, in my opinion. The, uh, the famous Vietnamese Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh, famously known for washing the dishes, you know, like uh, putting love and peace and, you know, everything you do, Every action you do, be here now. Be present and show it love. As you're washing the dishes, show those dishes love. You know, be loving. That, to me, is the Christ impulse. Steiner goes further and says that this Christ impulse is there to give us the balance on a trinity, on a triad. This is where the cross comes in, according to Steiner. That the center of the cross is... Christ on one side is Lucifer and on the other side is Araman. This reminds me of the story of Christ on the, on the cross flanked on either side by, by other men. I looked into it and I'm, I'm sure there must be some type of relationship there uh, in the mystery schools, but um, I have heard different stories on these two characters, but According to Steiner, the, the idea of a duality is, is a schism that was put in place by the dark occultists, by the, by the evil mystery schools to confuse our minds, to keep us, to divide and conquer. Good versus evil. According to Steiner, it's not that simple. It's not as simple as bad, good. I think a lot of us would agree with that. perfect example is what I just described as luciferic energy. Um, fantasy, vision, psychosis, uh, beauty, um, the spirit world. Is that all bad? Now, you might say it is, but I think if you, we really were to have a discussion about that, we would find that it's almost impossible to live as a human being on planet Earth without operating on in some level of that. Does that mean you're a bad person? I don't think it does. I think it, I think this is part of the, of, of living as a human. I think the problem comes in when you have no balance, when it becomes addiction, when it becomes obsession, when it becomes negative, when it becomes cruel, when it becomes abusive, when it becomes um, insane, And so 
Steiner is suggesting that there is a balance that needs to be achieved, and that was the purpose of Christ. The incarnation of Christ gave us that. Now, Araman, who is Araman? Araman's on the other side of the cross. And Araman, according to Steiner 100 years ago, he believes that Araman is about to be incarnated on earth. He predicts in America. And 100 years ago, he was, he was basically saying this time we're in right now, which is one of the reasons why he was spilling the beans was because he wanted... He felt it was important that everyone know what these mystery schools have in mind and what they're planning. So Araman, according to Steiner, is, as opposed to Lucifer, is materialistic, very... Atheist, like an atheist. Like think of atheism, materialism. This is why economics is sort of the new guiding principle. Is because the world is preparing for the incarnation of Araman, so it's becoming very Aramonic. The culture is becoming very Aramonic. It's almost the way Steiner writes it. It's almost like. You know, how you see sci-fi movies, how they terraform planets so the atmosphere is breathable and livable for the, uh, you know, the invading alien species. It's very similar to that, the way he's describing it. He gets even, he basically, he's very specific. He says that Araman wants to, it not only wants to incarnate, Araman wants to, like, uh, possess us, become a part of humanity. Um, and the only way that Araman can achieve that is through technology. And so it, it creates this Aramonic impulse in humanity, which is to sort of turn away from the spirit world and become very materialistic and become very, you know, deny all the spiritual, whether it be Christ, Lucifer, and cling to science, cling to economics, cling to anything materialism. Keep in mind, as I'm saying this, and I'll repeat it over and over again, this was written 100 years ago, and it was based on knowledge from hundreds of years prior, if not thousands of years. So it is interesting because they, they pinned it when it comes to the technology and all that. And it gets even more interesting, I think. So... According to Steiner 100 years ago, it, it was Araman knew that by closing people off from spirit and from God and making people more materialistic would inevitably make them want to create God and a machine, basically. Araman knew that, that you could put blinders in, on people and you could create a lie and you could stupefy people, but God still exists no matter what, and people know that no matter what. So basically you're just creating a sort of insane version of a human, you know, cutting a human off uh, uh, from certain knowledge that's been around for millennia, making them think that they're smarter than 
anyone who believes in God, including the, you know, the billions of people that have that are alive today that believe in God and have lived in the past that believe in God. These these new, aramonic type people that alive today are are smarter than everyone just because they know that there's nothing uh, but material things. <laughs> you know, as crazy as that sounds, but we all know it's true because we see we see these we see these people. This is basically, uh, it's interesting, I started reading this recently because I just recently caught on to that Noah Harari guy. Let me see, let me get his name right in case you don't, I'm sure a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but. Yuval Noah Harari, the Israeli historian and author of popular science bestsellers, <laughs> uh, who is sort of the World Economic Forum's high priest when it comes to the atheism, the religion of atheism. According to the Persians, it's a destructive spirit. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Extremely destructive. And that is the goal. The goal of Araman is to take our souls away from God. So the other important thing I think to note in the balance between, so according to Steiner, the Christ energy, Christ consciousness, the Christ impulse Jesus Christ on the center of the cross is there to balance us, to give us balance. You could say he died for us, sacrificed himself to give us this balance that we can understand in our feeble human minds between these two. You can't say that they're, like I said, clear-cut bad good but without any without christ yeah there 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 are two extreme traps for the human mind to fall into and and be very negative experience and we're getting a really good taste of araman right now araman is this like i said complete materialistic you want to see araman listen to yuval noah harari you know just a, a very arrogant atheist who believes that anyone who believes in God is a, is a fool. And, uh, and so therefore, obviously, we need to put chips in everyone and control everyone in, in the ultimate dystopian, tyrannical nightmare. <laughs> That's Araman. So... I hope I did a good job explaining the difference between all three. Lucifer is attractive and beautiful and spiritual, but has no moral impulse at all. It's all very self-satisfying, very narcissistic, indulgent, which is why Steiner argues that Lucifer came first was to... 
as a process of growth, you could say, is what is this all about? Why are we on earth? It's for humans to experience. I would say it's for growth and evolution. You can choose to be, you can devolve by choosing the path of Lucifer or choosing the path of Araman. But if you want to evolve and grow, choose the path of Christ, which involves a balance so that you can live a life on earth with a modicum of materialism and a modicum of, of the spirit world in balance with Christ, with brotherly love. You don't want to harm your brother. In fact, you want to love everything before you. You don't want to submit to evil. You don't want to be a pushover. You want to defend your friends and you want to stand up for what's right. But so long as you can, you want that, uh, that balance. Peace, love, and happiness. And within that path, you will grow, you will learn, you will experience things, and you will accomplish what you came here to do as a soul. And I don't think any of us can really understand what that is. Maybe some, I don't know. I can't, I'm not that, I'm not there yet. I think we're all at different levels of this experience, you know? I will mention reincarnation now. That's another, could be a trigger point. Some people don't believe in it. To me, it's common sense. And it's, to me, it's also no difference than the idea of heaven and hell. And I'll explain that right now. In the reincarnation story, there is an end, eventually. Eventually, you get through this, and you accomplish, you learn the lessons you came here to learn, you graduate, and you move on. And who, and who knows, you, you return back to source, is what most people say. You return back to God. which would be what we're taught is heaven. It's pretty much exactly the same thing when you, when you read about these things. And then it's so like the Buddhists describe a bodhisattva, which is a being that returns to heaven and chooses to come back to help others. Which I think is pretty noble because it's a, it's a meat grinder here. It's probably nice to get to graduate and move on and go back to the source, go back to God. Hell, what is hell? Well, hell is kind of what we're going to talk about today with the, with the Araman's plan and Lucifer's plan. Hell is, according to the reincarnation story, is to, is to distract you from your lessons, to keep you from doing what you came here to do and thereby devolving you meaning you'll, you'll just keep repeating the same suffering over and over and over and over in lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, so long as you ignore God, ignore the Christ impulse, and follow either Lucifer or Araman into the extremes, you're devolving, and you're stuck here now forever. Because according to just about everyone, who accept reincarnation and, and the, the Bible, there are, there is strong evidence that reincarnation was originally in the gospels and taken out specifically for a reason. You can argue what that reason is, but 
that's hell. And according to, like I said, just about everyone, the, 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 this cycle doesn't really end until everyone gets out. Everyone achieves their lesson. And so, you know, I guess that's kind of what the Bodhisattvas come back is to sort of help people get back on track so they can get out of here. And just do the right, or just to grow, right? When you put it like that, I think it's, uh, I think it's more realistic, or at least it's, it hits home. And that's how, that's exactly what Lucifer Energy is doing it, to me, was it would get me, it would, it would lure me in through pleasure and through addiction. Araman can be addictive too. It's, Araman would be more of a materialist obsession, materialism, obsession with, uh, with technology. Okay, so now that I gave the background, I think that's all the background needed to get into the meta part of the story referring to specifically Zuckerberg's Facebook meta which is a you know think about how as crazy as it is think about how big Facebook is and now they're 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 creating a virtual reality world that they're actually trying to get people to they're, they're selling it as something that people could just spend hours in you could spend your whole life in there right that's kind of, isn't that how they're selling it Without actually saying that, like, is what what else makes it different from from virtual reality that you dip into every now and then for a game? I mean, they're saying it's like a it's a whole social world to be in. So, you could look up the eighth sphere. Like I said, if you if you like this info, uh, the dark journalist on YouTube talks a lot about. This, Rudolf Steiner, the eighth sphere, and meta. Interesting stuff. The eighth sphere, according to Steiner, is the most hidden part of this whole occult plan. And this is the thing that he, according to him, this is what he spilled the beans on. This was the most important bit of information. And once again, whether you believe any of this or not, the evidence suggests that this is what the elites believe. And when you hear about what Steiner was saying 100 years ago as far as what their plan is, it sounds like exactly like what they're doing. Steiner describes this eighth sphere as a false reality, a mental reality, like a virtual reality. He described uh, very much like that 100 years ago. He was able to describe it in such a way that it, what it is, is it's a way, it's, it's a world that's being created that they want to convince, their goal is to convince humans, souls, to inhabit this eighth sphere. And they do so with their mind. They do so with uh, the luciferic impulse energy of fantasy of projecting their minds somewhere else and leaving their bodies which i would argue that the good guys will all say is not a good thing to do <laughs> you know like a lot of people are opposed to meditation because they think meditation is evil i i, I would argue i would 
I would argue that most of those people who think it's evil are are referring specifically to a meditation where you leave your body. And I would agree that's not a healthy thing to do. That's where you get possessed uh, or whatever you want to call it. You lose control. You're you're not only losing control, you are you're voluntarily giving up your control by leaving your body. Now there I can there are reasons to do it. Edgar Casey would do it in dream. We do it in dreams. I mean, we all basically do it when we dream. So it's not like it's like, once again, it's not good. and bad. It's not as simple as good and bad. That confuses the hell out of humans, I bet. I bet it does. The, the whole duality. So it's not like it's a bad thing, but that is the energy that will be used to, to pull people out. Is to, is to, it, it, and, the, and the reason it's considered bad is because we're here for a reason. Once again, we are here. God, some people, and I would agree with this, that we came here on our own for a reason. We don't remember it because we have this ego mind. We mostly identify with our ego mind. Our spirit and our soul isn't chatty, you know. Our spirit and our soul isn't talking to us in our heads. That's our head. That's our mind. That's our personality. Like a, like a little dog, a little monkey, just constantly whatever. So it's kind of a mystery. You know, we, we do our best. That's where uh, faith in Christ and faith in God comes. That's where, that's where that is needed is to, is to humble yourself. Another thing Steiner said that I think is a no-brainer and it's really good and I'm starting to do it again. I kind of got lazy with it over the past few years, but is to every morning and every night is time for prayer. It's the time to remind yourself, remember who you are, remember God, humble yourself, surrender, ask for help and guidance, give thanks, give gratitude every morning and every night in hopes that you don't lose balance, in hopes that you do a good, that you do your best so that this precious immortal soul that I am carrying in this body is able to learn the things that came to learn here for us, is able to experience the experiences that God is, has in mind for it. That's where free will comes in. You could also use your free will to duck out, to say, ah, I don't care about being a good person. I don't care about God. I don't care about anything except my own desires, my own desire for uh, wealth and power and sex and pleasure and money and blah, 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 blah. And that's where that leads to insanity, darkness, whatever you want to call it. So according to Steiner, they wanted to create this eighth sphere and convince everyone to live in it by leaving their bodies, by letting their awareness leave their body and go into this place and eventually be imprisoned there. And you talk about, you know, the, the devil wants to steal your soul. Yeah, that's what this is. This is a way of, of, of trapping you almost in an, in an, in a, in a, in, in an illusion within an illusion, Right. 
because we're in an illusion. We're in a, a matrix. I mean, we know that from like understanding the subatomic level. We don't really understand it, but we understand that it's there and we understand that it's like magic. You know, it's like, it's like we are not like physical matter is, is not real. It's an illusion. It's, it's energy. It's some type of energy that we don't understand. And we are, we are in this place right now. Having an experience, it's, 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 it's a lot of suffering and pain. Um, I would say that the, the joyful, happy times almost always come as a result of going through that suffering and pain. If you go through it righteously, if you go through it properly with, with the Christ impulse, then you come out the other side with more gratitude and happiness that you had before, you know, until the next challenge comes. I mean, that's sort of life for everyone. But this eighth sphere, which is like meta, it's like what Yuval Noah Harari is talking about. It's basically creating this virtual reality, man-made virtual reality system that it's going to try to convince everyone to, to go into and inhabit. Pretty interesting, right? I think so. And that's kind of, um, we'll bring it around home. Like when I started off questioning the depopulation agenda, you know, like questioning, is this really about depopulation? Cause if it was, you know, it seems like they have better ways of doing it. What if it's not? What if it's, a, what if they want to steal your soul? And that kind of explains a, a great deal. Does it not like the whole idea of free will? And, and, and why they're like coaxing us into it and they're offering it to us because we could say no this whole time. They're not forcing, they didn't force us to wear masks. They didn't even force us to take the vaccine. It was always an offer. They might've pressured us and they might force us someday, but so far it's been an offer that several have accepted. And they can't, the only way they can really get you to leave your body is if you do it. Like they could put you in prison and torture you and you can still keep your presence. You could still stay within your body. You could still have that experience. Be one with the torture. <laughs> Be one with the prison, right? And who's to say that, I mean, there's so much we don't understand and everything is so abstract when you really get into it that who's to say you couldn't have, you couldn't accomplish whatever you came here to accomplish no matter where you are, you know, why not in a jail cell? Maybe that's your, maybe that's your experience. And if it is the only way you're going to get your passing grade is if you experience it, but you can in that, like that, like the, the point I'm making is they have to, they have to talk you into leaving your body. Now, they could also do it through television and pop culture media, and I think they have been doing it. And with the phone, 
Like, I think we all have a phone problem. Some people have a real phone problem. Some people, you can see them just get lost in their, in their phone. Lost in their, in their TV shows or, their, or whatever. Leave their body and just go off into the la-la land. People that are addicted to drugs and alcohol are, are very prone to just leave their body. This is MK Ultra. MK Ultra is all about methods of getting people to leave their body. I don't know. I guess the only thing I do know is it's very, it just, it just reinforces my belief that it's very important to be here now. Always stay present. And uh, then that's one of the reasons why I stress the importance of meditation is because the main thing a meditation can give you is it gives you the ability to quiet the mind because the noisy, constant chattering mind is that, uh, it's like a built-in thing that we have that is, that is getting us to tune out because we can get lost in our own thoughts. And that's when you, you're, 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 if you get lost in your own thoughts, you're now, you're on the verge of leaving your body, basically. Like you're spaced out and you're just ready to just fall right off. Just like how I was saying in earlier podcasts, when you focus on one thing and one thing only, you're on the verge of falling in, right? That's what you want to do. Total in the zone. That's the term that most people understand, right? You want to be in the zone. There's no reason why you couldn't be in the zone all the time. Even when you're relaxing, there are ways to relax in the zone. Five senses is easy ways. Just to always be aware of your five senses because your five senses are giving you real-time data. If, you, if you're able to tune into that real-time data, it kind of puts you into real time, which is where everything's happening. That's where God is. That's where, that's where, that's where your, the information that you're meant to receive can be found in the present, not in your fantasies and not in your daydreams. Not, you might, once again, I'm not saying that's all bad and you might find uh, help, guidance, from visions and psychosis and fantasy. But if you go, if you lose your balance and you fall in there, you're going to, you're going to get lost. And finally, I will end it with the UFO part of the title. What am I calling it? I'm calling it God, the devil, meta and UFOs. As we know, we just had this so-called UFO disclosure thing in Congress. And most people seem to agree that it was a total waste of time. It's a total joke. Uh, the sheep obviously aren't there. And it was intended, obviously, for the sheep because there's so many things about it that it's obvious what they're doing. Like the fact that they are ignoring thousands of reports. They seem to be ignoring Project Blue Book. They seem to be ignoring... Um, so many things that anyone who's done any 
research on their own is full aware of is like you, that, that stuff's there. You know, they they denied that we ever tried shooting down craft. They denied that we ever successfully retrieved any craft. They denied all this stuff. It seems like they're clearly setting up a false narrative to start introducing this stuff in some way, whether it's a fake alien invasion or introducing new technologies or or whatever. They're obviously it's it was just an obvious waste of time. They also said other mentioned how they should start being able to arrest people or go after people who are putting out false, so-called false information, right? So it's obviously just the same corrupt lowlifes who work for the, you know, economic end of the, the human cattle problem. <laughs> but what's really going on? Well, that is a good question. Probably one of the reasons I've, I haven't done a video on the... I did the alien invasion, fake alien invasion video. And I'd love to do more, but there's, it's such a weighty topic. You need, it's hard to do in five minutes. You know, it really is. But it is interesting to note. Let's uh, do a Google search here. Get the date right. Right. Okay. So, Nikola Tesla. If you don't know about Nikola Tesla, you got to look into Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla, we don't know exactly what he was on to as far as inventions. He allegedly had a death ray. He allegedly had electricity that could power everyone's homes without wires. Like wireless, you know, Electricity for power. He allegedly was able to make a skyscraper shape shake by uh, frequency or some type of device in his apartment in the in the building. That's the story, the famous story of how he was recognized. Who knows? Who knows how much of this is true or false? Because there's so little we know. Uh, his information was he was stolen from. You know, Thomas Edison stole, uh, several people stole from him. Uh, you could argue most of the technology we're using today came from him. His uh, work was confiscated. We don't know what he was doing. Personally, I was, I built a Bedini wheel. This is interesting. It's, I think it's called a schoolgirl wheel or Bedini wheel, B-E-D-I-N-I, -I, I think. Let me see if that is. Bedini motor, Bedini generator. And it, basically what it is, is it's an experiment you can do at home and learn for yourself that Nikola Tesla was on to something. And so it costs like, like, I don't know, 50 bucks to make this thing. And then you ran through a bunch of experiments. And what you found, what I found, and that's the whole point of it, was you find, you see for yourself. What I found was a, a very high voltage spike in DC and electricity that would come. And it's unexplained. A phenomenon involving magnetism and motion, circular motion and magnetism, and DC. Very high voltage. <clears throat> and no one knows what that is. Uh, some people might, but yeah, my point is, is you can't go to school and learn this. It's a, it's a private, secret science that Tesla 
was aware of and used in apparently several of his now forgotten and hidden uh, experiments. And so I mentioned Tesla because Tesla died in 1943 and all of his stuff was confiscated. And so how do we know that like uh, the popular story with UFOs is that there was a crash in like 1947 or whatever in Roswell, New Mexico. And maybe that's where we got this technology from. Maybe. Kind of makes sense. It's sort of the Hollywood story. But, you know, it's interesting. There's a dark journalist thing I saw where they had newspaper headlines of a place called Rose Well, where there was apparently a crashed saucer of some type. And not only was that story scrubbed from the news, but they also actually changed the name of the town. So the town doesn't even exist anymore. Rosewell. And there's a, there's a picture of a map. I don't have it with me. It's on my notes. But I thought that was interesting. And what's that all about? And it's what's interesting about it is because Roswell, New Mexico, is where the famous crash happened a few years after the Rosewell crash that was scrubbed. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that other than there is some type of story there. Like it's a, it's a, it's part of the, it's part of what we're supposed to believe for all we know. Tesla introduced a, a form of energy that was a major threat to the oil industry and the entire power structure because the entire power structure is basically built upon oil, like the banking Families are the same families that run the oil and energy. And Tesla's solutions were such that uh, it would be very hard to keep that. You know, it was a liberating uh, science that could free everyone off of the oil industry. So who's to say that it's just technology that's being hidden and lied about? And that's what UFOs are. We know that, I mean, the, the amount of, of video evidence we have, there's definitely some type of technology outside of fuel and propulsion type stuff, you know, that exists. Obviously. I mean, what it is, I don't think anyone can say for sure. It's either something we discovered and we created a story, or it's from non-humans. And if you really get into it, it's not new. Like, uh, look up Vimanas. Let me check the spelling on that. Just how it sounds. V-I-M-A-N-A. -A, Vimana. Now, on Wikipedia, will tell you there are mythological flying palaces or chariots described in Hindu texts. And maybe that's technically true, but uh, uh, most, I think... Experts of these um, Hindu texts will tell you that they're literal thing. They're not, they were, no, they're real things. There's actually a book called The Science of Aeronautics. It's very old. It has diagrams of these things. Uh, shows like a, they're machines. They're, they're, they're craft. They're flying craft. 
There are stories, ancient stories of... Well, I mean, not that ancient, but yogis, you know, 100 years ago were writing about how people would would find these vimanas in the caves of the Himalayan mountains. You know, meditation could lead you there. A lot of Eastern meditators claim that meditation will allow you to communicate with the, the, the flyers of these crafts or these crafts themselves. So, I mean, that's what I think. I think it might be a combination of the both. I think that these crafts have been around for, for a long time. I think there are non-humans that are hiding from us that don't want us to know that... Or, let me rephrase that. I think they, they've been hiding from us because they had to. To maintain a, an illusion of freedom and independence. Rather than overtly controlling us like sheeps and cows on a farm. And I think they want to... This is where I'm, I mean, keep in mind, this is just me ranting right now, rambling and speculating. Because I, if I was in a one-on-one conversation, you could challenge me on anything I'm saying right now with an opposing view. And I would probably be like, yeah, yeah, that could be it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel strong about this. I'm just saying this is, this is what it kind of looks like to me. And I can't help but think that these people don't, no one likes to be in hiding even tyrants, they'd rather be able to rule from a throne. And so I kind of think maybe they want to just rule out in the open again. And this is a way of doing it, you know, by creating this story of aliens and, and having all these movies just preparing us. And pre- maybe they've been here forever and they just don't look like us because they're not human and they don't want us to freak us out. And this is the story. Aliens. And like the very funny meme going around, the aliens will come and suggest, hey, you guys should have a one world government, you know, and that is basically kind of what the aliens say. If you get into the abductee stories, it's almost like half of the abductees are are shown images of the earth being destroyed and they're told, look, the only way to sort of save the earth is to have this like one world government, (laughs) you know, so there are abductees that some of them claim that it's milit that they saw the military there too on board these crafts you know u.s are you know human human military so i know that's not much on the ufo thing but i mean i don't know about any of this stuff any of the stuff we talked about i don't know i do love the steiner stuff i do love the triad uh esoteric way of looking at the balance on the cross i do i, I that brings that just feels very um, meaningful to me in my own experience on, in life, you know? Like, it's, it's not, we don't live in a clear-cut world of good, bad. We're, we're just learning, in my opinion, how to be, well, I don't even know what we're learning, but I do know that the way to learn is through God and through the Christ balance, through the love, the brotherly love, that's our. That's how we find the path. That's uh, that's out of everything I just said today. That is the one thing I believe. Everything else is just philo- philosophical, esoteric, fun talk. 
perfect time to wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I hope it wasn't too uh, challenging to anyone's beliefs. And like once, I, once again, I'm saying, I mean, this isn't even necessarily. These are just a, it's a it's it's a healthy way to talk about things. I think is to just talk about the world that we live in, the big mystery that we live in, and respect each other's personal relationship with God because that's really all it's about. You know, I've been I uh, I've been meaning to go to church. Uh, I'm, I'm not a church-going person, mainly because I was raised in... I had a very negative experience in the Catholic Church. I was forced to go when I was growing up. And then once I was, my parents decided to leave it up to me, I immediately was like, all right, I'm not going anymore. And my mom cried for like weeks straight about it. <laughs> but they were the ones that, for whatever reason, said, all right, it's up to you. Um, and I don't mind that at all because I don't believe that is where God is. I believe God, the, 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 the real, what we're really looking for as far as God is going to be found in a personal relationship. Once again, by shutting up the mind and quieting, not, not necessarily because you're going to hear anything, but just to bring, to bring that peace in the present moment peace, that present moment peace is what God wants for you. For all of us, I believe. Okay, so once again, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, I will see you. I will see for paid subscribers. I will see you next week. Um, and I hope you all have a great week. I hope, I hope all of you really make the best of each day, of each moment. Stay present. Stay in your bodies, stay in your five sense reality. You know, I hope we all get what we came here to get. We all have the, the, the best experience we can find, and we have the most amount of peace, love, and joy that we can out of each day, out of each moment. Thank you very much. I will see you next week.